and welcome to Digital Cowboys, episode 29, dated Thursday, November 8th, 2007. I'm your host, Alex Shaw. I'm Paul Shotton, and I'm in the band, damn it. <laughs> I'm Tony Atkins, and I'm not. We just wanted to shoehorn in a Guitar Hero uh, reference. Yes, this one's field. specifically going out to Quantum Field, one of our greatest fans, and uh, one of the biggest fans of Guitar Hero as well. Absolutely, he never yeah. stops playing it. I'm sure he's pre it. about yeah. Absolutely. Ne- anyway. Never mentions it all the time. So we love you, Quantum. You rock. No, and as does the entire office. Shout out to you guys. Yeah. Okay, right. The, the, this week we're talking more about movies. We've got... David Slade's 30 Days of Night. <laughs> uh, David Hard Candy Slade's 30 Days of Night. Along with Michael Moore's new documentary on the health service, Sicko. The US health service. The U- yeah, very specifically <laughs> the US healthcare service. And what it does. Okay. That's so. Here in inverted commas. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, uh, but first off, Tony, you are going to talk about the latest in a long line of exceptionally good football games, uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2008. Welcome to the Pro Evolution Soccer 2008. Pez, as it's your name, no longer, because I'm not going to say that for the next 10 minutes. Right, obviously 2008, it's the second one to be uh, released on the Xbox 360, which is the platform I'm playing it on. What um, was the name of the last one? Um, Pez. <laughs> Guess what? Pro Evolution Soccer. Uh, actually, I think it was just... Six, wasn't it? It was six, yeah, it wasn't even seven. It was six. But then they realised, oh. hey, you know, when you get to about six, you stop numbering things. Well, basically what really actually started to happen, um, the franchise has started to sell um, almost equivalent amounts as um, FIFA Soccer, which obviously has been going since, like, the early part of the 90s. That can and, be. Uh, now that Now they can think, well, you know what, we're just of an EA. We're, we're start causing our, uh, each title... Uh, by the actual year, or the year forward. So 2008 for this one, I'm sure then. The next one will be 2009, because uh, obviously a yearly sequel, it starts getting a bit stupid when we get to 6, 7, 8, 9, yeah. 10. And people yeah. just go, what? And it's an yeah. annual thing. This uh, yeah. this time every year, you know, that's it. It's regular as clockwork. Yeah. So anyway, we bring up to Pez 2008. Um, obviously, most people know that... Um, when you're comparing football games, there is really only two football games out in the market that are actually any good. Um, one being Pro Evolution Soccer, the other one being FIFA. And for many, many years, well, probably about five, six years now, there's been a big battle between which ones you prefer. Um, Pro Evolution Soccer has always been a nice, tight football game. Um, really good gameplay, but has lacked maybe in the presentation department and uh, the graphics department. And the name, uh, I think the name yeah. is- people doesn't it yeah the official stamp you know it's it's not, it, yeah but uh, and fifa's got all the official license it looks gorgeous but um it lacks in the vital area gameplay now up until recent that was that was true but fifa's come out with a new uh new title and it's actually getting somewhat close to where pro evolution is so uh i was looking forward to this game and finally got it and i'm about christ i put about 20 hours into it in the last couple of weeks so i i think that's probably enough to to give it its best shot. So on to the, the title. Well, it is better than FIFA, and anyone who says that isn't, then they're wrong, and because I'm on that, so it's like voting for Zega or, or Nintendo. You know, <laughs> there is no middle ground, although apparently there is now. Nintendo, with us or against us. Yeah, this is like Nintendo. <laughs> so, the gameplay, um, 
has it changed much from last year? Because this is an annual thing. I mean, if you're a football fan, you're likely to buy each one that comes out each year. And if you're not, it's then worth you... noting. It's worth noting that uh, Alex, it's fair to say, you're not really into <laughs> the actual sport. Is that correct? Um, is foxy boxing a sport? No. Mm. Then, I, if it was, I'd be into sport. But as it currently stands, it's, it's Tony, obviously, massive football. I'm, I'm something of a moderate football fan. I do, I do like. <laughs> Sport Chelsea, I know that's probably going to be a bit of a disgrace to some people, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, that, that's, so I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, but. Hey, Tony's a Crystal Palace supporter, I just cry at night. That's and, die hot, yeah. die <laughs> hot, <Yeah. laughs> But anyway, anyway, <laughs> going completely subject and back in again. Not really, talking subject, about talking about football. <laughs> Off the subject is talking about Pez, as in the sweets. Pez dispenser, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Or, I don't know. Pairs. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so is this is this game ultimately worth buying over last year's um, incarnation? I'm going to say yes. Well, you'd think. So. I mean, this has been designed for the the now current gen systems, um, and it certainly starts to show. The moment you put it in, the presentation of it is is really cleaned up. Um, the graphics wise, it looks much better than it did last year. Last year's version felt very much like it was just a PS2 version stuck into HD, and it was like, yeah, just be happy, you know, you've got it to play on your 360. Um, so this year's version, you know, the animation is much silkier, smooth, um, the sound, the commentary, it, all that stuff, I mean, as you respect, each year it becomes better, and, and this certainly has taken the biggest leap so far in the series. Um, but gameplay, every year... The, the new title comes out. It feels slightly different, and, and it's to most people, if they if they haven't really been following the series, they go, right, it doesn't look any different. But it normally takes about probably five six hours to understand exactly what they've done this year to to change it. And as um, it now feels, like it's a lot slower paced. There's doesn't seem to be as many uh, opportunities to kind of run down the wing. It's a lot more kind of precise. You know, um, passing kind of midfield and then and then biding your time to take a shot. So it was definitely feels different from last year. Um, overall, it it's pretty good. I mean, I, I can't, I'm not going to go massively into how um, how long and complex the system can get because ultimately it's football and it will, it will bore most people. In fact, it's kind of boring me talking about it. But uh, I kind of I just enjoy the football games. Now, it does have a few flaws. Although it is the best football game out there. It, it doesn't get away from a, a couple of major flaws which I found, and one of these is online play. Um, last year's incarnation seemed to be pretty good online. There was, wasn't really much lag. Occasionally happened, but it was pretty lag-free. This year, it's terrible. It, it, it is literally broken. Um, I've played, what, probably 10, 10, 15 games online, and I have to say probably 12 to 13 of those have been um, complete lag fests. Is that so, I mean, possibly because of the, the volume of players that I've got to ask? Um, possibly the graphics, possibly the new AI system, whatever they put in there, um, it's it's a desperate need of the patch. I mean, a prime example, yesterday I was going for my five um, games and win uh, in a row winning streak for an achievement, and uh, I narrowly lost out on it because... Uh, the guy shot from, well, he actually passed from the halfway line, um, and the ball went into the back of my goalkeeper's net after he's actually touched it because the lag was so great that the goalkeeper couldn't even see the ball coming. Well, that wouldn't, so that was annoying, but up the other end, I scored four legitimate goals 
But each time they actually went in the back of the goal, uh, the computer decided that with the lag and everything, that it was experiencing that each time it was a corner kick. So both all four goals actually hit the back of the net, and then went, uh, the referee went, corner kick. I was like, you're kidding. You're having a laugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, I mean, it, it's pretty abysmal. And the only, I mean, I'm playing, I've been playing Fat Pack online, um, and he lives in Croydon. So he's like, you know, 20 miles away at the most. And uh, even that lags. So if I can't have a game 20 miles away, well, I mean, that's really, that's quite pathetic. So that's a really big disappointment because, you know, this game, you can kind of complete the leagues within the first you know, couple of weeks. And the reason I went back to... Uh, oh, yeah, Pass six, number six. Pass six. Um, was the online play. I was playing that for, uh, you know, all the way up to this current release. Um, so I, I, it's desperate for a patch. So... Um, did um, did oh six did sorry oh six what am I on about did did mm. uh, Pez six have uh, any kind of you know lag when it first came out and that was corrected? Not that I remember. No, I, I'm not even too sure. The history of it. Mm. Do, it do, seems with the long voice time comms, ago. Do, can you uh, are there, you know you mentioned about the sort of the emoticon thing you mentioned to me earlier. Um, is there um, is there one for who are you? Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> no, there's one for is there ha, who ha, ate ha. all the pies. Yeah, and no. uh, other ones are. Uh, where, you know, things like where were you when you know? It's and just just general chanting. Who's the bastard in the black? <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, the referees are wanker. Okay, no, that's back onto a serious. Uh, back onto the whole lag issue. I have to ask: um, Is it possible that um, as the uh, game, as the initial um, burst of uh, online play sort of ebbs away to just the diehard fans? Will it become easy to play, or will it? Is it just literally because of the game mechanics themselves? I, I honestly think it's the netcode. I don't think you know, yeah. There's a, it's, it's there's a lot of games on there, but it's not. It's not like Halo Three because the way because of the way the game um, the games are set up on Xbox Live, and like, it's the same. It would be the same on the PS3 version, and I think the PS2 version. Uh, it's it's client it's client to client essentially. Right. Yeah. Uh, so one one person is hosting it, and the others sort of joining the room. So it, as as Tony says, it's about the netcode being. Slightly yeah. wonky, by right. the sounds of it. Quite so, an important mean, game like this, you would think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about timing, obviously, in football, and uh, that's, that's that's one of the main things. I mean, obviously, if you you don't care about online play, it's silky smooth when you play in the single player. Um, there's a couple of things I don't uh, like. I think the tackling this year is a hell of a lot harder. Um, it's you, you tend to foul ten times as much as you used to because now you're desperate to trying to tackle and you just you know. Thousand out of nowhere, and you're like, for God's sake, not again. I, I played one game and had four people sent off in an earlier. Yeah, that's version. pretty good going. <laughs> so I'd do even better on that one. Yeah, so there's certain things, but I mean, if I had to give it a rating and that wasn't including the online play, then it's it's probably a solid. Uh, it's probably a solid B. Um, it's not quite an A. I mean, it's there's certain things that aren't quite right, and, it, and I, I'm really thinking in the next couple of years that they're going to iron a lot of the issues out. Um, it's, it's a solid B, but really, with all the, I mean, if you want to play it online, it, it drops a whole, a whole mark, so it goes down to a C. I mean, if, if you really concentrate on the online play, it's, it's quite poor. So That's I pretty bad for something I consider to be one of the best football games available. Yeah, that's, uh... It's just a shame, and it's probably something, they're going to release a patch. Um, they got to release a patch because I've been reading some of the forums. Yeah, I remember saying something along the lines of that for right. Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting on the Xbox Live Arcade a while ago. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did eventually. Did it? I think they released about two patches and it still lags, so yep. you know, it's, uh, the fighting games aren't great for that. 
But um, yeah, I mean, overall, it's it is recommended. And if you played last year's uh, and you're not playing online, then I wouldn't really say there's that much more to, to you know put down forty pounds to to play all over again. I mean, it's certainly cleaned up and it it's it's still better than FIFA, but. Um, you know, if if you wanting to play online, your buddies, then um, unless you get lucky and there's going to be a patch at some point, then uh, I would hold back and just see what the uh, the. Um, so if you do want to play it online, I'm assuming just get O six, right? Not six. Yeah, I mean that seemed to be playing fine. I mean, I, this will be something that's fixed. Like, I can't imagine it will stay the way it is because it it is a great game and it is the leading one in the franchise. And for them not to fix it would just be quite stupid and criminal. And the PS3 version, uh, I have no idea whether that lacks. So, no, I, I haven't. I actually got. I've got the demo, uh, which was finally made available, just to see, just as a, com- a comparison. And um, well, it seemed, seemed what, I, what I played of it seemed pretty much the same. So, but obviously that's not online, so I can't really talk about how that that side of thing works. Sadly, mm. but oh well. But yeah, recommended overall. Um, so. If you like, give me a game. Well, so, is it, mean, what yeah. was that? A B down to a C if you're talking about online then? Yeah, and give him a patch and be back up to a. I mean, literally, if there was a patch issued and I could play it online um, and it play as good as single player stuff, then it would actually probably even go above a B because that's that's ultimately where all the fun is. I mean, I've yeah. played over a, you know, 200 games online uh, on 07, so it's a fair chunk of time uh, not being able to play at the moment. But uh, yeah, great stuff. Oh, okay. Paul, what have you been filling your time with yeah, before we start talking about the main movies? Oh, right. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, this week, uh, I, uh, after recording it several weeks ago when it was on Sky, uh, I finally decided to sit down and watch the film Little Man. Um, Why? <laughs> well... That's what Tony asked me, actually. I just, t- I just phoned him uh, earlier to just talk about the show, and he said, Why? Why did I watch it, or yeah. why are we talking about it? No, no, why did you watch it? Obviously, it well, Mark Kermode, I'm going to quote here from Wikipedia, described it as the most retrograde, horrible, nauseating, inward-looking, smug, repulsive, grotesque, ill-advised, <laughs> badly judged film, pure evil, and he, although it might be jokingly, uh, possessed by the devil. <laughs> uh, he, fur- he, he further noted that the film's existence signalled the end of Western civilization as we know it. <laughs> now, we all know that Dr. Kermode is never one to uh, exactly. trade in hyperbole, is he? No. But um, uh, I think he's on to something, frankly. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not actually... It's not... I mean, the, the, uh, is there any, even any point in discussing the plot? I mean... You just look at the poster. If you, if you want to know what, if you just type in little man into Google and it'll probably, in the images, it'll probably come up with the poster. And there's Sean Wayne's and he's holding a baby with Marlon Wayne's face on it. Superimposed on it. And I think that pretty much tells you all you need to know about what the plot is. It, it, it's, oh, Jesus. Um, I'm just scrolling through all the uh, pictures on uh, the uh, IMDb. It's, it's depressing watching yeah. it. Basically, what they've actually done, they've superimposed a, um, his face onto a nine-year-old midget's body. Yeah, he's a, yeah, L- Lyndon Porco is, is the actor's name. Sorry, uh, little person, they don't... They don't yeah, that's the, uh, that's his, uh, his name. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, but that's, that's basically, he, the, the baby is basically, he's a, cri- he's a criminal, he's released from prison, and through various sort of, I mean, really, 
stretching credibility <laughs> even for this. <laughs> Various contri- a contrivance he ends up uh, basically posing as a baby to uh, uh, get a diamond back. Now, uh, it's, it's the plot's obviously completely irrelevant. It's the, c- the hilarious, in inverted commas, situations that they, uh, that uh, director Keenan Ivory Waynes uh, and, the, the, and his, his uh, siblings sort of, you know, eke from this dynamite material. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it, it, if you can imagine, uh, it, just about everything that is wrong with modern comedies, every every single gag you can possibly think of that is unbelievably inane, uh, just has you sort of slapping your forehead, repeat, or you know, or possibly in, in, in you know, sort of taking a brick to your head, you know, <laughs> your eyeballs out, anything else, just to, just to avoid what's going on. Plus, they stick in this really, this really sentimental. You know, saccharine claptrap in there as well. Just, just to, just I suppose, give it some kind of point. Like he, you know, he's, 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 you know, the Sean Wayans character is all about. He wants to be a dad. Blah blah blah. His wife, you know, is, you know, is on, you know, trying to get promotion. Blah blah blah, etc. And then you just, you just imagine, just stick in all of the, all of the usual cliches. You know what? What's really depressing is that for, for one, for one, there's Alex Borstein is in this film now. Alex Borstein is the voice. Um, of uh, Lois in Family Guy, she's very, very funny, and she's she's had some pretty. I've seen her in a couple of things. Very she was funny. In some sort of Hillary Duff film, wasn't she? Yeah, that she was. In a very, she actually had a very funny cameo in an episode of um, uh, Friends, which I think was to do with um, some sort of vagina monologues thing. I, I, I think yeah. people Chandler gets sort of stuck in. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Liz will know exactly what I mean. But yeah, uh, yeah. and that that's her. That's Alex Borstein. Now she's very funny, and she's just. Completely wasted in this thought of drivel. Chaz Palminteri, I mean, really. I mean, this is the guy who's in the usual suspects. Rob Schneider turns up in a dinosaur suit. I mean, <sighs> this is the sort of thing. That, I mean, that is love, Step up frankly. It's, well, <laughs> I, I, I could be, yeah. I'm going to say that Juice Bigelow made me chuckle on occasion. <laughs> European Gigolo, not so much. Not so much. But this is from the makers of White Chicks. Yes. Of a quality. Um, Basically, I I can't really, I mean, basically, my my brother watched half of the film uh, with me, and we came to the conclusion that it's just, you know, every five minutes there was just a groan, sort of, you know, rolling, sort of hunched over, just sort of in... Just the sheer horror of it all, really. Um, I can't um, really recommend it on any to anyone at all. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, if you've watched the film and you like it, stop listening to this podcast. Basically, it's, it's, it completely goes against everything. I, 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 you know, just it's it's the absolute antithesis of you know of what I like in films. If you think about it in those terms, it's just yeah. it's, it's completely at odds with what I find funny and um, well it's just a horrible 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 film and it should be buried in the death of those E.T. games um, <laughs> okay no okay I'm going to say this because you're reviewing it and so you can't say it but um, <clears throat> so you didn't like it then absolutely I thought <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask myself the same question so I didn't like it then apparently not <laughs> Um, okay, so um, what what is it? It's basically, if you are thinking about committing suicide and you need something to push you over the edge, this is the film to watch, right? It's the film to watch. Uh, okay. If, yeah, there, there could. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand under what 
circumstances it would actually make any sense for you to watch it. No, there isn't. Well, I just, just because you've heard it was rubbish, and so you... Yeah, if you've heard it's... Yeah, there is... There is I suppose there is some curiosity value to be had from, uh, you know, it can't be that bad. It can't, but no, it really is. I mean, it, it was released, I think, pretty much... Dirty Sanchez, the movie, which I have also... I've seen, I've seen bits of, because uh, it's been on TV a couple of times, and that is also equally horrendous. Uh, which bits? Uh, various, various bits <laughs> of it. I just... I mean, it, it's just... It, it, oh... It's the people, you know. The thing with the, the thing with the Jackass movie, we're going completely off, off topic here. Yep. But the thing with the Jackass movies is the people are likable. That's what makes that's mm. what makes Jackass actually work. Uh, in this, they're three Welsh guys and a Londoner, and uh, they're they're just annoying and obnoxious, and just want them to just get run over or something. But anyway, um, so <laughs> actually, on, yeah. that, on that note, um, uh, me and my wife were as a sort of a part of her birthday. We're just sort of you know traipsing through the, my DVD collection, our DVD collection, just to uh, have a look at the kind of stuff that we're going to have on our shelf uh, when we have kids in some years' time, um, who actually want to start watching movies. And we were just sort of pulling out the ones which we thought would, would show them at the age of up to five, at the age of up to ten. And I think there was only one or two movies that we were like, no. No, no, until they're 18. One of them was Jackass. As awesome as I think it is, I do not want my kids imitating Johnny Knoxville and company. I don't want them neutering themselves, killing themselves, maiming themselves, putting their heads in ovens or drinking horse jizz. Mm. I, I do know one person who likes Little Man. Oh, God. That's my four-year-old little nephew. Oh, God. <laughs> he, shouldn't TV. Be, he shouldn't but, be watching it. It's not a, not for four-year-olds. It's for a four-year-old he mentality. Likes pulling, um, he likes pulling um, tails of his hamster. So, you know, <laughs> oh it's, you know, it's, I can't abide cruelty to hamsters. I could <laughs> never do something like that. But I think the point is that he, he doesn't really know any better, so he just likes moving images. <laughs> okay, so basically, there's a poster quote. You'll love this film if you don't know any better. Better, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, look, he's drank some castor oil or something, and now he's just he's crapping in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, laughing already. Oh, God. Right, That's okay. Good. So they, they've aimed this film at four-year-olds. That's not bad. Yeah. Four-year-olds. If, if you're old enough to basically be Speak. mistaken for uh, what the little guy is pretending to be, then maybe it's the right film for you. Mm. Okay. So let's move swiftly on to something of a bit <laughs> yeah, more uh, <laughs> integrity, shall we? Okay. So, 30 Days of Night. <laughs> David Slade's new film, he of uh, Hard Candy. Uh, if, by the way, if anyone out there has not seen Hard Candy and is wondering whether they should see it, as long as you're okay with medical violence, I will use that sparingly, um, <laughs> it, it is a taut psychological thriller and is bloody excellent. So rather than me going on and on about uh, the... Uh, Previous director of this, uh, previous work of this director, which is excellent. Um, should we do a quick synopsis? You go for it, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the town of Barrow in Alaska is the northernmost town in the United States, and it goes dark for a month uh, every year, as, uh, well, because a lot of towns up north tend to do that because of the sun, as seen in things like insomnia. Although it's very bad in that. And Manchester. <laughs> Winter all the time, apparently. Um, <laughs> hello to our uh, listeners in Manchester. Anyway, um, so this year, some opportunistic vampires close in on the town at the moment where, I think it's, does it, 
Does population halve, or does it basically everyone goes away for a month? It quarters, yes. yeah. Yeah, it, it, huge amounts of people leave, and at that exact same night as uh, night falls, vampires turn up, and they spend the next 30 days terrorizing the remaining uh, folk and uh, feeding off them, and it becomes a siege movie. And it, actually, if you uh, listen to various interviews, it becomes more than just a siege movie. Um, and that's what I think we might want to talk about. Hands up who's read the graphic novel. My hands up, and I'm assuming mine's the only one. Yes. It's a graphic novel? Yeah. Gra- yeah exactly. <laughs> no. It says no. at the beginning or the end, I don't know. It's based on the book by uh, Steve Mar- Niles and Ben Templesmith, which is a grungy, swift as lightning, um, black-hearted vampire novel that runs very, very parallel to the movie. It's got this sort of horrible kind of... Um, it's like the art from the uh, Hunter S. Thompson books. Uh, it's sort of all like black ink and, and red splodges and sort of... <laughs> um, carved up the page. And everyone's horribly deformed. And um, it just the vampires are basically just large, pointy sets of teeth. And it's cackling eyes, and that's pretty much it. And it's really punchy, and it um, just goes for the jugular. I can't... Uh, this sounds like I'm going... Oh, da, da, da. This is just the graphic novel I'm talking about here. Um, and I really enjoyed it, and it was a great little read. I probably wouldn't want to own it, because it's almost depressing to read. But um, it's definitely one that comic fans should, should go out there and check out. And I'm very glad I read it before I saw the film. Can anyone tell me what they thought about the film? Okay, um... Tony, do you want to go first, or shall I? Um... We saw this on Halloween, by the way. It was, to me at least, the perfect movie to see on Halloween night. Right, okay. Um, maybe the graphic novel may have helped me understand certain plot points in this film. Uh-oh. Right, let me just get off on a, uh, a saying, right? If I was to give this film a grade, it would be a C. Damn! Um, and this is, you know, this, this isn't to shock you too much, because some of the stuff I'm going to say maybe you can help me out with. Okay. But, um, right. To me, it, it seemed to have some major issues with its plot, which maybe if I've read the graphic novel may have been cleared up. Um, and I shall point a couple out. Who are the vampires? Um, where did they come from? <laughs> right. In the graphic novel, this is very important. Okay, right. There are some... I will try to keep this as spoiler-free as possible. This isn't actually going to spoil the film, because it's actually something that was taken out of the film. Well, okay, uh, let me put the film, this part into the context of the film. It goes dark, and suddenly the vampires appear. Now, why haven't they never appeared every other year before this? Where have they well, suddenly that, come from? To be fair, that's, expla- that's partially explained. I mean, that's what um, Ben Foster's character is essentially um, doing. He, he, he's basically sent into the town by them. Yeah, there's this uh, sort of vampire slave, a human being, yeah. All that kind of thing. Uh, so they can, then, they can then swoop in. Well, well, I think it's implied implied that they've uh, been sort of, you know, essentially kind of hiding in the in the shadows all, you know, for centuries. Blah blah blah. Uh, you know, and picking picking towns off in a sort of. Uh, uh, and then, you know, basically making it look like an accident that's happened. And essentially, that's what they were trying to do. Uh, okay, right. Can I interject? Right. It's a shame that you say that, Paul, because they did actually make a serious oversight in, them, in, in their decision to leave this bit out of the novel. Okay. Vampires have existed since, well, for, since the dawn of man in, in this, uh, in the, the mythology of 30 Days of Night. There's been several more graphic novels and books written. 
this is a rogue group of vampires. They aren't doing what the rest of the vampires want them to do. And some point in the middle of the book, a bunch of vampires representing like the High Council turn up and say, what are you doing? And uh, there's actually there's a speech that um, Danny Houston's character Marlow uh, gives, which is actually attributed to, to a, a higher vampire, where he talks about it's taken centuries to convince the human race that vampires were just nightmares. And yeah. um, them turning up and massacring this town just for jollies is actually really fucking with the vampire code because it, 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 they don't want yeah. everyone hunting them down. And so um, we'll put it like this. Marlowe doesn't survive to the end in the, um, in the graphic novel. He gets picked off by uh, a head vampire um, early on because of the, the, the just, just ridiculous, almost suicidal action. These, these yeah, I, wasn't, I should stress I wasn't actually vampires. referencing directly them taking them to be all vampires, but yeah. the, the, that, that's what's implied, is that they've been travelling around doing that. Yeah. That's where Tony's just, question was where they came from, not so much the vampire mythology okay. surrounding. My, you know, that's what essentially he's asking. My point being is there's, there's nothing wrong necessarily... Um, not explaining what you know where they come from or or they just turned up and then you you follow with some action scenes but i think this film aims to be um a cut above that i think it, it plays it a lot more serious than just um say something like i should reference the saw movies where it's about you know it's it's more about you know a set piece after set piece after set yeah. piece and no real uh, concentration on story wise and i think this actually aims to be something a bit more um coherent than that but to me, it doesn't quite succeed in, in telling me why do I need to care, you know, obviously, other than these vampires killing me, um, why do I need to, you know, who are these things killing me, what is their purpose here? And it leads all that very much in, in kind of the dark. Also... Pun intended. <laughs> also, some of the uh, the main characters, it, it seems to interject storylines um, such as Josh Hartnett's relationship with Mr. George, um, where, on a, you know, it, it goes on the tangent of suddenly, you know, why did she leave him. I don't think that's spoiling anything. No, no, no. Um, Josh Hartner plays Eben Olsen, uh, who's called Ullman for some reason in the graphic novel, and uh, Melissa George plays Stella. Uh, she's the fire marshal, he's the sheriff. For some reason, they had a relationship, I think they were even married. They were married, yeah. Um, a few years ago, then they split up. It's not really gone into as to why, but... but they, they kind of angle There's a couple of things that, that are inferred. There are, I think the fact that they, they, they infer things that would have uh, there's some uh, discu- uh, discussion about um, about children or the lack of you know not wanting them, blah blah blah. Yeah, that's uh, about a twenty-second discussion. Couple, exactly, <laughs> but they're, 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 but that's that's the point they make. I think that that's the point is is, is, is that it's all very much in it's very very subtly impli- in, you know subtly implied what happened, but um, you, you, it kind of leaves the audience to fill in some of the blanks. That was that was how I how I saw it. Anyway. Okay, well that, that's I think it's quite like that bit, Paul. Yeah, I mean that's fair enough to the. But, to me, it felt like occasionally you'd go from one scene to the next, not actually really understand how you got there. Um, it dealt with characters that you, you desperately wanted to care about because, you know, they're good actors. But on occasions, you're just like, well, they've now been that I totally agree. I totally agree with you on that. I mean, there's, there's a classic scene of um, they, they leave the prison area. Uh, can we even go into it without spoiling? But, you know, you, you jump forward five minutes in the film and something fairly major has happened and nobody's really explained it yeah, um, they, they just yeah. walk in and there's everyone's missing and they've buggered off somewhere and you know it's it, it just it, there are there are occasional lapses in sort of what the hell what the hell just happened did yeah. i 
Did well, I, well, with the did blood I everywhere, you could probably yeah, guess. You can work it out, but it's like, did I fall asleep and did it, I miss a scene? The here? thing, why, while it annoyed me, was that I felt this film could actually done a lot better if it actually maybe took a little bit longer actually focusing on the story of these characters and why I should actually be invested in emotion. Um, whether that you know whether they get killed or not, then I think it could have been a better film. And th- there are some great action scenes. Um, there's one shot particularly that I like where the vampires are sweeping through the town and the camera pulls up. Oh, yeah, the uh, and, overhead. That's excellent. Yeah, overhead, you know, scene, and you're seeing people kind of being ripped from limb to limb, and you know, but only vaguely because the camera's that high. I thought that was a really, really fantastic shot. But then you've got this whole kind of chase plod through the the town sections and as they're hiding away and it it seems to go on a bit too long and it doesn't really i never felt actually that worried for them because some of the times right they, they hide up in the attic <laughs> so that was a good plan and, um but suddenly you kind of get like half well 20 days into the film or well, 20 days into the uh the night and um there's other people that survived and they're you know they're not hiding out in a bald out attic and they've somehow managed to survive so I don't quite know how, you know, their intelligent smell senses haven't been working. Uh, like because that. of the cold, the vampires can't smell them. It's messing with their, their heads. They don't really go into that too much, but basically their their senses are dulled by the cold. You have, however, hit upon, well, I think, one of the main flaws with the film, Tony. Um, it doesn't actually have to be 30 days of night. That's I, I think that's the important thing. It may be a siege movie, but they never really go into why it is important that it's for 30 days. Because ultimately, in every vampire movie like this, in every vampire movie like this, uh, it's just waiting for the sun to come up. Only in these guys' case, it's waiting for that much longer. But they never really go into, like, the food starvation situation or, like, you know, people going mad or, or, or like, the the impracticalities of being cooped up for 30 days. They never really go into it. It's just basically a really bloody long night. They 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 Mind you, they do touch upon almost every one of those subjects. But in a kind um, of a, oh, here you go. But in a quick <laughs> fling of the way. And then there's a, a lot of ha- kind of hanging around and, and watching the vampires. My, vi- my point really is that I felt belief a lot of the, um, the kind of boredom sections of the film. They could have really worked something fantastic with the story. And I think, um, a couple of times they just relied on, uh, right, let's play the kind of, um, you know, rip human body apart, um, man get head, you know, head chopped off with axe, which is always quite funny, but, you know, it, it does that a lot more, and I think personally, it's a better film than that. And uh, that made me quite actually, you know, quite sad to see it just dwindle off. I mean, the end, I, I quite enjoyed the end, um, which I think kind of picked it up a lot more for me. But I, I must admit, excellent. Um, about an hour and a half, you know, I was like. I don't think it needed to be that long, you're right. It would have been slightly more visceral if it had just been a punchy hour and a half, maybe a little bit longer, but it felt longer still it than could, that. It could, have done, it could have done with trimming certain... A little, well, it's 113 flabby. minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, could have done, no, it could have done, been done with tri- trimming out some of the flabby bits and possibly replacing it with something that, exp- that made it a little bit clearer what the hell was going on well, sometimes, because sometimes you did find yourself a little bit disoriented, uh, but it didn't help that... It, the audience. Unfortunately, I, I suffered from the idiotic audience uh, problem. This As did I, unfortunately. Uh, I, I had I had one, one side of the audience. I had the, the, the screaming teenage girls who were like jumping uh, every five seconds and whatnot, which initially was amusing, but after I got irritated, so I moved over to the other side of the auditorium and was sat behind the people who seemed to think they were at home watching it on DVD and were making comments every five seconds. They would not shut up. 
Uh, they obviously weren't enjoying the film all that much. Fair enough, but you know that's what the exit's for. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, why pay ten pounds each to go in a natter? Precisely. Just, like, do you watch not you, want to spend DVD, your money watch on DVD at home? You can you can make comments and all the. All the, the plot. Well, what's something as else you, on DVD for cheaper, you, if, for fuck's sake? No, but no, no. That's, that's if you point. have if you to want... go and see the brand new thing. No, it's Alex, it's not that. It's, it's, if they want to watch the film, that's fine. But, you know, it, it's like commenting on the film as you're watching it. That's what you do when you're at home, watching yeah. it on your own with your mates who are inclined to do the same thing. Yeah. That's mm. what it's about. Right. And that was really fucking annoying. That yeah. didn't help. But... We had a bunch of fucking chimps around us in the cinema. I, I wanted to just... Oh, screw their heads into a little ball and kick them down the aisle. But um, interestingly enough, I actually think that um, after a while, it was so visceral and and uh, and gut churning at times that it actually got them to shut up. Sometimes <laughs> they were all sort of and there were times when they were just like they'd jump and then they'd titter. But at the same time, they were all kind of nervous and un- unnerved by the whole thing. Mm. It, it never uh, sort of massaged you with a nice comedy moment. You know, you know how they do that in in most horror films. It's like sort of, ha ha ha, it's the uh, funny black man or something. I don't know. Just they do that way too much. But mm. um, yes. Um, oh, what's, okay. I I get the feeling here that you you really did quite enjoy it. So you know, what made you, you know, propel it into the higher ratings for you? I got to be honest with you, the vampires. I was really unnerved by Danny Houston. He he just seemed not human. Um, and uh, various other ones. So there was a little bit of a going on from a few of them. <laughs> At least one of them who only ever does that. But um, but they really did seem like something like very predatory kind of like feral creatures as opposed to the sort of I'm so tired of the sort of oh we are the children of the night oh I have lived for centuries it is so lonely and it's, oh, we must feed. But, uh, these guys were just sort of sadistic, just pitiless. Inhuman creatures with these black shark eyes. They were just, and there was a real divide between humans and them. It was very obvious to see what changed in the humans as they became vampires, because a couple of them do. Uh, actually, I think I'm one of probably one of the few people who actually think Ben Foster's performance was really quite well measured. Uh, he was the um, like the slave of the vampires. Um, I think was it Kermode who um, yeah, ripped into his accent. His accents, like, he no, doesn't thought, like it when people do bad accents. But, yeah, he's got a, a really speaker, yeah. genuinely unnerving thing going on there. There's a bit like when he's sort of lying on his back in the cell, ga- gazing at them with these black eyes, just in this totally calm way, and it's just like, oh God, get me out of that room. I just, you know. Um, I actually think Slade handled many of the, the creeping feeling of that film very, very well. And also, I think that the holding things back, there were, there were two few times when it was just like all out, blah, but many times, specifically with Hartnett and George's relationship, that they just, they really, they didn't go all Titanic on us, and I was very glad of that. Um, I just think I, I was really pleased that it was a horror movie that didn't set out to be a comedy at all. And the, actually, the closest thing I can think of that's similar, it's similar to uh, anybody, The Descent. Much better film, <laughs> <laughs> Um I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna yeah. dispute that it's an excellent film, but I'm gonna say that they're both very, very good. I, I think The Descent is probably better in in, in what it does. Mm-hmm. It's also quicker, but. Um, it's... Yeah, it's a bit more. There's a bit more. There's a bit more. Uh, there's a bit more meat on uh, on the Descent. Uh... If you will, oh, and that is truly terrifying. It's a bit more flab on the um, Thirty Days of Night, <laughs> but oh yeah, it's it's a full fourteen minutes shorter, and it feels shorter still than that. But uh, mm. the, the the combination of the creatures, the dark, and the, 
Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> uh, the creatures, the dark, and the claustrophobia of the descent is a, is a triple kill that just destroys mm-hmm. you, your nerves. And in fact, it's one of the only horror movies that my wife has actually gone, ah! at some point in the middle of. So, um, yeah, I, you know what? To round up this review, because it's gone on a little while, um, I'm, I'm going to give 30 Days of Night a good solid B, because I was expecting it to be really not as good until I found out David Slade was on it, and then it turned out to be exactly what I wanted it to be. Well, I'll, I'll sum up, and I, I think with the, the running time that is really, I mean, it, the film, what it is, if it was 90 minutes long, then I think it would probably be a, a lot more punchier. If they wanted to keep the running time, then they should have added a bit more characterization into, I think, both the vampires and the... Uh, the cast, and then it probably would have uh, ranked it up a bit higher. But you know, like I said before, I think it's a solid C. It's a good watch, but um, you know, it's better than most, but it's lacking in something. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, uh, I mean, I pretty much agree with agree with Tony. I, I'd give it probably give it slightly higher, a slightly higher C plus, uh, just because Melissa George is hot. Um, <laughs> the horniness taking over as usual. Anyway, I've seen again. <laughs> Yeah, he's been uh, he's been very careful not to do the Ben Affleck thing. Actually, I'm quite proud of him. Right, so let's move on, because uh, time is prohibitive. Uh, Sicko, the Michael Moore U.S. Health Service Industry documentary. <laughs> it's important to say before we continue, this went on for one week in my Odeon. My wife can't go and see this because she missed it the first week. I'm actually really annoyed at that. I don't know why. I think it's down to three showings in uh, my local. Just, yeah, just one, one a day for an hour, an hour one. But what? How many uh, showings of say? I mean, we could see lots of Ratatouille, Stardust, excellent. Third is a night. Saw four up the Yin Yang, Elizabeth the Goblin Page, <laughs> Death at a Funeral, which looks fucking rubbish. Good luck, well, Chuck. Ditto. That's a uh, whole podcast on its own. How uh, good films disappear yeah. very quickly. I think bad it's possibly. <laughs> if, if we, I mean, I, I don't think they, it necessarily has the universal. Reach that, say his his other films like Bow, uh, Bowling for Columbine and Fahrenheit 9/11 did. Really, I think that's possibly the reason. It's it, it's it's a, it's about something very specific in the U.S. It's not that it has no impact on the rest of the world, but I think the, the subject matter of his earlier of his previous films probably, ha- although you know, obviously they're they're, devi- they're divisive. They are you know they they polarize opinion clearly, mm. and that is they're meant to. But mm. they they are they're wider reaching. In I mean George Bush, you know, <laughs> he has a an impact on the whole world, not yeah. just the states. That's the difference. I Sometimes, think. literally, it's uh, we've already d- uh, discussed this film uh, at length. In uh, well, uh, I interviewed our Canadian correspondent Matt Lowe uh, in episode, I believe it was episode sixteen, um, where he talked about this movie. He, he raved about it, but um, specifically, it's uh, it's got a frostier reception in the UK because of its treatment of the National Health Service, uh, which um, uh, Michael Moore purports to be this sort of heavenly uh, place that uh, that takes you in to, to your hospital on a limo, fixes you up good, and then and gives you money on your way home. Um, it's not like that, but... And this is the important thing, because me and Tony came out of the uh, film saying this both at the same time. In comparison to the way you get fucked over in America, it is that good. 
and it made me uh, it made me say to the pavement, "Let's never fight again." Because I never want to live in America anymore. Now, I th- I think it's worth pointing out that um I mean yeah that I think yeah okay you could argue that that more um makes the uh, well he, does, he uh, again he does he does so with the with the French health system the Cuban health <laughs> healthcare system you could argue that he's probably dolling them up a bit. I think so, but a lot of it is obviously his is you know, in inverted commas sheer amazement. He obviously is you know not not oblivious to the. He, he, I mean, he, he's li- he lived in he lived in London for quite a while when he was uh, he was he did a show in Camden, which I actually saw. Uh, so he, I'm sure he would be well aware of of how the the UK health system works. Um, but it's more just as you said how it compares to the US and the the. the Say what you like about Michael Moore. Say what you like about this film. It it it, it arguably strains a lot more for this. There's all this sort of occasional bits with this sort of maudlin music, obviously designed to emotionally manipulate. It's arguably more manipulative than his previous works. Yeah. But the central thesis of the film is the U.S. medical health system is fucked, and that's hard to argue with. Oh, in the face of this alarming evidence. Go, yeah, it. whenever you go on holiday to the States, first thing anyone tells you is, for God's sake, get medical insurance. Get, get insurance to, to cover it's you, because nightmare. it's so bleeding expensive out there. Uh, and th- that's why. Th- the, that is what, that's the problem. I think you've health- cracked into the central core of uh, Michael Moore's films. He has just a very simple message that he conveys in a complicated manner over the course of an hour and a half, or in this case, what felt like three hours sometimes. Well, it's, it's uh, I mean, he, he, well, he, 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 it's either entertaining or infuriating, depending on your viewpoint. Mm, I, I, yeah. I think, uh, I think the fact, okay, he, he may have a tendency to, uh, to, you know, o- overdo things, and he, pr- he probably isn't, isn't necessarily a saint. I don't think he necessarily is. Pre- he perceives himself as that either, but um, he does at least get people talking, and that's quite important. I think. I think one of the, one of the things I think that trips him up time and time again is he loves playing the kind of the Joker in his films, um, like one of the stunts of him going to Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not neat. I mean, it's funny and it's, it makes the audience chuckle somewhat, but I think occasionally it cheapens um, his whole whole argument on occasions. Yeah, he, in the context, he was, uh, and we actually mentioned this in episode 15, not 16, sorry, uh, where he takes a bunch of, uh, 9-11 volunteer workers to, uh, get checked up, uh, the, um, for, well, extremely good, uh, medical facilities they have for the, uh, Al-Qaeda terrorists at Guantanamo Bay's, um, holding facility, and of course, they won't let them in. But as I said in episode 15, they don't let them in, not because of the evil American health system, but because it's fucking weird. It's a fucking weird thing to ask for and yeah. they're just going to assume that you're having a laugh or messing around but they're not going to say oh come on in please do Mike bring your cameras um. <laughs> I, I, I mean I think with all of that thing all of that you know like the, the placing of the picture on Charlton Heston's uh, driveway it's, it's all it's all just symbolism essentially I don't think yeah, he really the, expects uh, the... that he's actually going to be allowed to go in there with these people yeah. to he bring in the that, mother of the ultimately uh, woman, he would have known he would have he would have known that what was going on in Cuba. Uh, that that would have all been. That, that's just. That's just. I, I don't. I don't actually necessarily have a problem with those kind of stunts per se, because 
you know, okay, he's, he's making a point. However obvious the point is, he might as well make it. I mean, it is fair to say, you know, why is why is it so brilliant there? You know, and that that you can't, well, you can't really argue with that. There, there is a very good reason for that. The whole Wells and its media looks at that precisely, place because they fucked up massively in the first time. Precisely, but that you know. The, I don't necessarily think there's a. I don't necessarily have a problem with him doing that. If you want, you know, it's his but dime essentially. The, <laughs> the undeniable fact are that you know, it, as as said in the film, a inhaler that costs one hundred and fifty dollars in the states costs uh, the same person five cents in, in Cuba. Cuba, yeah. Um, you because know, maybe, they can. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Cuban price may be a bit cheap, but I tell you what, it's not one hundred and fifty bucks, and. It's stuff like that. It, it's taking the mick out of people when they're at the most lowest. And the biggest problem the United States have got themselves in, in here is that it's all the pharmaceutical companies own a part of the government. And yep. it, I mean, they, he plays it up quite well, as in say, well, you know, why would the government want a national health service when yeah, the mean, government takes billions of pounds, massive campaign from, contributions, yeah, yeah, from the medical health care system, and you can't just shut down the medical health care companies now because that they're they're as big as industry as the kind of um, the car industry there or their textiles industry, or the farming industry. Yeah. So yeah, you know, that's never going to happen, and you know he. I think also that what this film basically says is the countries that actually still have the NHS or their own um, what's it, socialist so- health service. So- social, uh, socialist, socialist medicine. medicine. Um, that I, I think this is almost a plea to them as well to say, look, you know, make sure that your government doesn't turn it into a private healthcare service because yeah. ultimately, yes, you can have choice and yes, you're not going to pay for somebody else's treatment. But when it comes down to that you need it the most, you're going to end up having to sell your house, your car and everything if you get really ill. And, and that's just in daughter's basement. Yeah, and so you I'm can't, sure. you can't really argue sure. with that. In the States, I'm not really sure in terms of, I must admit, not knowing the intri- having never worked in the States, I'm not, not entirely sure of the intricacies of how, you know, you know, when you, you get ta- taxed and all that. I mean, here obviously we pay national insurance and that's what essentially, uh, you know, is well, is I, as I understand it's supposed to pay for things like the NHS. Uh, yeah. You don't really. I don't really. You don't know get that in the states. No. In the states is exactly so. Presumably, they like the fact that they're earning the extra Benjamins, and they're like, well, okay, you know. It, the, the, the point also is made, obviously, with you know, you can't in the in, in, you can get yourself insured, obviously, and that's well. But there's so many sort of way they way like as with all insurance, you know, there's so many you know, get out clauses, ways out, all that kind of thing. There's one particular and, woman I found this appalling. Uh, they uh, she got like twenty. Well, two, tw- yeah, twenty thousand dollars worth of surgery done um, to stop her dying, and um, they managed to wriggle out of uh, paying for it uh, because several years ago she'd had a yeast infection cured easily by a cream, but hadn't declared it on her uh, yeah, medical medic- forms. Yeah. So basically, even though it would have no impact on the surgery whatsoever, because she hadn't declared it, uh, they managed to say, "Well, technically, nah, 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 you you pay the twenty grand." It's like. It has no relevance to anything, but yeah, it, it makes her have to pay 20 grand. Which yeah. is, it's, no, it's, it's just it's appalling counts. treatment of regular people, and that's I mean, all that most of Moore's films are it, about, and, really. But it, it also costs lives. I mean, there's that quite horrifying story where the woman has a, I think it was like a four-year-old kid yeah. who develops a temperature at night, so she rushes her to the nearest hospital, but the insurance won't cover that hospital. So they have no other choice than to move her from the hospital that she's been rushed to to another one twenty miles down the road. Where oh, the don't forget them chucking her out being a disturbance. Yeah, uh, the insurance is validated. Time she gets there, she's had she's gone into cardiac arrest and dies a few hours later. 
you know, it's, that is that just makes you sit there and almost cry. And what I think this is the funny thing. This is the United States of America. This is the most richest com- country in the world by some long distance. And you look at that, and when Cuba has a better healthcare system than the United States of America. It's incredible. I think when they they've got a list there and they're ranked 39th in the world. Uh, was it just before Libya or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it was Libya. So I mean, you can look at him come to the UK and you can criticise the film because we all know the the NHS isn't perfect. No way. Anyone who's used it um, would would say you know waiting times and whatnot are a, a pain in the ass. But yeah. quite frankly, if you turn up there and you your legs sawn off, they're gonna you know do their bloody best to make sure that you, you ain't going to die. prioritised, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I They're think not going to send a dying child to another hospital because of money. So it was like, oh, well, you can't, you know, just send her down to another one, another thing, you sort of yeah. chuck her out and attack. I think one of the things that um, he does actually fail to point out about the UK system is that we do have private healthcare. If you're not happy with um, the NHS, you know, the, yeah, the state healthcare, private. then you have the choice. Part. Yeah, but, you know, you have the choice to use private healthcare, that's the way it should work. If you have the option to do so, then do so. But for most people, the NHS is damn, you know, damn good if, when you need it. Yeah. Can, yeah. And that's where the states. So you just look at that. I mean, the it, system it does, does work, just panic. not not always efficiently. I think that's the thing. It's kind of like it a works. father you argue with all the time, but bails you out of situations when you're completely buggered. Yes. Mm. <laughs> that's quite the a good states one. one is uh, the father who kicks you out the door and says there you go son uh, no, the, no, the, the states one is the father who pays your way through college but molests you as well nice <laughs> <laughs> um, how, yeah. how did this film do uh, in the states did it bomb out there or was it couldn't have done very it bombed, well uh, was it well um, received to a point it's a film to really get people a reaction out of people, positive, negative, or just angry at the general things that are put on display there. I don't think it has the, as high a profile as uh, Columbine or, um, yeah. or Fahrenheit 9-11, so um, I think that's... But, you know, they, they weren't... It wasn't as, as, as widely advertised. I think it did all right, though. I, I think it did... Um, has it gone back I mean, to Roger and Me status? Uh, slightly higher than that, I think, because I think... It uh, but wouldn't it be fair to say that um, Columbine... He was really going for an issue of you know this you know this situation with guns needs to be sorted out you know with yeah I think, I think about that, 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 the, yeah, the, the, issue, the issue of gun of the gun culture in the state it's something that's a bit more it's, it's more sensa- yeah. it's more sensationalist also but, than than um, than the, the, okay the medical U.S. healthcare system it's, it's not quite it's not quite it's it's an important topic don't get me wrong but it's not but quite as uh, couldn't you argue that um, grab you. That subject there, you know, dealing with guns, the government could actually do something about that. They could actually, you know, prohibit the sale of guns a lot easier than they could sell the health, yeah, especially could, uh, to mental people. Just, the, yeah. um, well, and, yeah, you know, exactly. he, to be fair, he did. He, he, you know, he made a big enough stir that certain, you know, Walmart stopped selling blinking firearms, which you know is a fairly mission. <laughs> which is no, fairly know, didn't it? That they stopped selling bullets or just hollow point bullets. Stop selling bullets. Stop selling grenades. Nine eleven. He was trying to get rid of Bush, which you know he. Almost succeeded, so I, I think there was a bit more. Hence, is like too. three year high. I, I think, I think it's a bit much to give him. I, I think it would be a bit uh, much to, to try and credit him with having any kind of. You know, I don't think he necessarily. I don't think he had as as, as much of an impact as, as some people would like to think he did. Uh, I think I think his film was about. You know, okay, he didn't. He doesn't, he doesn't like Bush. Clearly, he takes pot shots <laughs> to him. In this. It's good that he's moved on from that. You, get, you know, but he tried. It didn't work. 
you know, it's near that whole that this whole thing is nearly behind us in terms of Bush being in power. Oh, just a few but more a months. Year to go, a oh, year, there's a year to go. Uh, it's good that he's moved on. I'm happy about that. At least he's tackling something that's uh, I think is very important. I I I, I, I strongly and encourage him to continue along these lines. But um, I've I'll, got, tell him, my, I'll tell him that. He's my point was, I, I felt with his other's work, um, he actually felt like he actually had a bit of hope to actually change the way that other people think about um, the situation or even actually get companies to, to change the way they actually tackle their kind of policies. And I just felt maybe a bit of this film that he knows that, that there's pretty much no hope. The government's never going to change the way that the no. healthcare system works there. And it, it, it actually made me, I think you could see he was, he was actually quite sad, the fact that so many other country, uh, countries uh, could actually be better than the United States in this area. And that, you France, know, the United States could never actually... Yeah, so, I mean, that's, it's, it's quite sad, but I mean, that's kind of what I took from the film, that you know, it actually fairly lacked a bit of hope. The French one is a, is a good one. I mean, I've actually, I've actually been on the receiving end of needing uh, the assistance of a doctor in the middle of the night... Uh, Many, many years ago when uh, a dodgy, dodgy food at a restaurant caused my brother and I to be vomiting all night. So <laughs> it worked. It, I tell you, I tell you, they got the dude, it was like 2.30 in the morning, any cane gave us this stuff, we were at right as rain next Was it day. the same dude? Uh, not the same dude. So, ah, but he turned up in the same car. That would have been good. Probably. Yeah. Probably, might as well. That is Doctor on call. Yeah. yeah, that that whole idea. I mean, that 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 I have having first hand experience with it. Yeah, that that's that's how it works. Absolutely. Tell you what, I'd like um, when we've got uh, a baby, me and my wife, four hours alone to ourselves, while someone paid by the government comes around, does our laundry, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, cooks us a nice the meal of with your laundry and say, look, could you get this done for me, please? That'd be excellent. But it, yeah. I mean, it's safe to say that people should check this film out just just to get an understanding of. Um, yeah. The American well, no, you can't. That's the important thing. You can't. Yeah, okay. can't check this out. If you're listening to this out, podcast right now, chances are it's already gone. Unless you live in London. Yeah. You if you live in London, yeah. Lucky you. But, uh, yeah, no, no, my wife can't see this. She's got to wait for the DVD. Now, in cases like this, I wonder why they don't release the DVD in a month's time. You know, just get them pressed now. Start the press now. You know, because you've had your cinema run. Get it out. What's the point? Of messing around with, oh, we've got to wait six, seven months, get all these like extras sort of put together. They Fuck. don't wait six, seven months. You know that, and you I know, know that. True. They, they record that they. they How's your episode of Transformers? Well, right. <laughs> cool. They yeah. do. They do this. Mu- they do all this stuff months in advance, anyway, and yeah. um, it, 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 it's just a case of, um, as was highlighted recently, with the cinemas taking out. You know, deliberately removing films from there, from from the from the screens because uh, they felt the DVD release was coming too soon. So, um, Jesus, what what, what films suffered from that? In, in this case, well, it, it was one particular. It was high. I mean, it's not actually the film itself is shit. I'll just preface first off by saying that. But it was the Ben Stiller comedy Night at the Museum. It Good. got removed from. Um, uh, from cinema screens, uh, way way earlier than uh, anticipated. That can only be a good thing, though, can't it? Yeah, but Alex, a- as is always the case, you're missing the point. So uh, <laughs> I resemble that innuendo. Seriously, you're missing the point. It's that calm again shit. Yes, yeah, it, it, it doesn't. Matter. It, it as is it always, I'm going to inscribe that on my tombstone from Paul Shotton. As it was always the case, Alex missed the point. <laughs> God. 
What a but damning it, uh, it doesn't matter. It do, it's, that's not the point. The fact films that the film, still need a cinema release. Exactly. The fact that the, the fact that the film in question was crap is is neither here nor there. It's the fact that um, they they decided to remove it because they felt the DVD release was coming way too close to the uh, to the to the theatrical uh, opening date. So that's why it was yanked. So um, and so I think they have. They have to be careful. The distributors have to be careful about allowing enough of a window uh, for it to be able before it comes out. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how how long was the actual time in between the two? By the way, for what night of the museum? The museum. Uh, I think it came out on um, was it Boxing Day here, and I think the DVD was out in early March. <laughs> so that is pretty sure. Yeah. So I, and that and. I think it's a fair. I think they have. A, I think they have a case. I think it's a fair point. That's why films. Uh, one thing I've noticed, a particular trend I've noticed, is that films don't really last that long. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Saw Four earlier. That's gone down from when I saw it. Uh, it's opening weekend, showing in two screens. To the next week, uh, as a Friday, one showing at ten o'clock in the evening. I'm not going to say anything because, as always, I will have missed the point. It's a pretty, well, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a high-profile horror film. And these films, I mean, the Saw, when we saw Saw, <laughs> God, so, it's like Saw too many times here, the first one was on for ages at the and cinema. Where we saw. Saw it so and it, 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 it doesn't, it's not the film in question. The film might be shit. It doesn't matter. But I, honestly, look at, look, at the, look at the cinema listings. And if you compare them to how they were three weeks ago, it's massively different. So, and that's, that's a trend we're seeing, and this, I think, is partially related to the, the fact that the release window uh, of the, the theatrical and, you know, DVD stroke HD versions is much, much shorter. We could have an entire know. podcast, actually, regarding uh, cinema and how uh, any big film these days, the, the massive reliance is actually on the opening weekend, and now even just the opening Friday. Yep. And because before you know it, you'll see like blockbuster movie last a week. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but surely the whole reason of this is to do with piracy anyway. Well, that's part of it, yes. But Are uh, we having it, that podcast now? You can tell he's pissed off. I am uh, very, very pissed off, actually. Well, let's wrap up then, guys. Let's, let's give this film a mark, even if it's a weird one to do so. Um, hmm. I give it a B. Because although uh, it is very flawed by the fact that every single bit of footage in there, you know it just helps his case, and every single bit of footage that maybe didn't help his case was left on the cutting room floor, um, it it made me really fear being American. <laughs> Seriously. Even even Americans who just play by the rules. That's the thing. The whole thi- thing is that it's the opposite of Forrest Gump. If you play by the rules, if you just do what you're supposed to do, even then you get absolutely shat upon by the system. I would, uh, yep, I totally agree with that. I think, um, it's a B, it's not perfect. I mean, he's, Michael Moore's never been the one to, to give you a balanced view. Um, but what he does In give a you. Is, cock. You know, he, he gives you a fairly, uh, condensed <laughs> opinion of it. And yeah, it, it's enough to make you not want to go to, uh, live in America. But, um, yeah, it's a solid. I just want to go and live in France. I want to go and live in Canada. That looks nice. No, I can't. I, you know what? I'm I'm going to stay in England. Actually, now I, I like the English. Paul, uh, I, I would uh, obviously I'm missing the point clearly as well myself. Uh, I, 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 no, I'm going to give it a, a B plus. I, I thought it was really uh, he t- he told a you know the, 
subject matter in a really interesting and entertaining fashion, despite the fact that it's, like, it's biased, uh, clearly. It's very. Very heavily biased. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it. So, yeah. yeah. Solid, solid B plus, I'd say. I'd say uh, Moore has actually been outstripped in the uh, documentary game by a certain t- a guy who turned up in the interim years while Moore was licking his wounds after the uh, Bush travesty. Uh, a man who's t- technically more entertaining than uh, M- Michael Moore, and someone whom, at least at the moment, I trust more than Michael Moore. Shoot, gone in. Who? Morgan <laughs> Spurlock, director of Super Size Me. Yes. Ah. <laughs> What, what? As always, I must be missing the point. What, what, what else has he done aside well, from that? Aside from Super Size Me, nothing yet. But here's the thing. Um, it didn't feel when you were watching it like he was twisting it quite so much as, as uh, Moore would do. In, in fact, uh, the whole thing did not reek of stunt, um, which is important. There was one bit when he did try to ape Michael Moore styly. Yeah, making, phoning uh, the... Um, making an... Well... Calling out it during what some guy was saying that uh, you know that he was essentially contradicting himself, and that it felt like he was really, really sort of kind of it, was, it actually felt a bit embarrassing as he was doing it. Again, I'm maybe missing the point, but um. well, I know I'm missing the point, Paul. But, uh, as as usual, so you've got to forgive me. Apologise for whatever people listening to this going. <laughs> well, as usual, Tony, they're missing the point. <laughs> I think I actually personally think the the documentary that's come on and trounced all of those is an inconvenient truth. Personally, <laughs> yeah. Again, again, could also be is open to the charges of, um, uh, of again biased and biased. biased yeah, you know, quite and possibly. But as but, always, um, Paul, you're missing the point. All documentaries are biased. Exactly no one's going to present a perfectly balanced exactly. argument for both parties. No, you've got cause... you've got it in one for the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I think <laughs> you're going to get that. such an edit. <laughs> I think more in the case of that film, that really has changed a lot of the way that people think, and um, certainly even to a point where governments actually uh, have changed policies surrounding the uh, the kind of the outfall. Uh, as always, Tony, you're missing the point. Morgan Spurlock managed to make uh, McDonald's change their policy on fatty foods. They started oh, McDonald's or the whole of the uh, planet. Yeah, you're missing the point. I think McDonald's are bigger than the whole of the planet. As always, Tony, you're missing the point. They started doing fat-filled salads instead. <laughs> Which are quite nice. Yeah, they're good, good. I like them salads. A bit of lard in my salad. Is <laughs> <laughs> Which, with the dressing, actually have more calories than a Big Mac or something like that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> God. I actually want to go see that film again now. I, you know, I feel a bit hungry and I, I need to curb that hunger. So, uh... So... Sicko, um, catch it on DVD, I suppose. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Matt Lowe uh, reviewed this uh, episode. Thirteen. Which, one, which episode is it? It's it's, it's fifteen. Three it's thirteen episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Lowe epi- uh, reviewed this film thirteen episodes ago. We get it for one week, and it disappears again, like the perennial <laughs> Loch Ness monster. Just. Uh. But as always, I'm missing the point. Oh, God. He's going to be going on about this, isn't he? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 30 Days of Night, I like it. But as always. <laughs> uh, I know it's a vampire film, but I, I like it for the fact that it's also a horror film that doesn't try to be funny, which is a rare thing these days. I would agree with you completely. Yeah. yeah, it ticks most of the boxes, but it needs to do better. It's not un- without its flaws. 
but uh, needs to do better. Uh, coming soon, there's about 30 days of night, dark days, which is the next 40 one. days of night. <laughs> <laughs> That's in an even more northern town in about Alaska. Um, and uh, what, Pez 07 flawed in the uh, online? Oh, eight. Oh, eight, yeah. I mean, really like good it game. matters. Um, <laughs> it does. It's, it's number seven. Yeah, technically. But yeah. as always, Paul, I'm missing the point. <laughs> It's called Primary Soccer 2008. That's the title. I know, but it came out in 2007, and it's the seventh episode. You can imagine that I might give it a, a big old seven. In, in confusion, when I was missing the point. Anyway, and what was the other thing we talked about? Little Man. Evil. Evil, yes. <laughs> Scabrous waste of everything. Fucking horrible. <sighs> Destroy, destroys families. And this is important to say, spot on to the point. So... Mm. You've been listening to Digital Cowboys. I've been Alex Shaw, permanently missing the point. I've been Paul Shotton. On the ball, as usual. Absolutely. Always, always in possession of the facts. Totally. Totally. And and, and excellently able to deal with them. Anyway, Tony? I've been Tony Atkins, and I apologise for the last half hour's mess. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you again next week. Gentlemen... Ah, oh, crap, singing. Mind if I smoke? <gasps> Cigars are evil, you won't miss them. We'll find ways to simulate that smell. What a sorry fella, rolled up and smoked like a granitella. Here on level one of robot hell. Gambling's wrong and so is cheating, so is forging phony IOUs. Let's let Lady Luck decide what type of torture's justified. I'm fit boss here on level two. Ooh, deep fried robots. Just tell me why. Please read this 55 page warrant. There must be robots worse than I. We checked around, there really aren't. Then please let me explain. My crimes were merely boyish pranks. You stole from Boy Scouts, nuns, and banks. Ah, don't blame me, blame my upbringing. Please stop singing while I'm singing. <laughs> Selling bootleg tapes is wrong. Musicians need that income to survive. Hey, Ben, are gonna make some noise with your hard drive scratched by the Beastie Boys. That's what you, what you, what you get on level five. I don't feel well. It's up to us to rescue him. Maybe he likes it here in hell. It's us who tempted him to sin. Maybe he's back at the motel. Come on, Fry, don't be scared. I'm sure at least one of us will be spared. So just sit back and enjoy the ride. My ass has blisters from the slide. Fencing diamonds, fixing cockfights, publishing in decent magazines. You'll pay for every crime. Knee deep in electric slime. You'll suffer till the end of time. Enduring tortures, most of which crime. Trap forever here in Robot And this week we're going to be talking about movies again. Uh, Vampire Schlocker, 30 Days of Night, and uh, Michael Moore's uh, new uh, health code service thing. <laughs> it's not really a schlocker though, is it? I felt I was doing it this service already. And this week we're talking about movies again with cold-hearted vampire film, 30 Days of Night. <laughs> I'll try again. Cold. Cold-hearted. Stone cold. How about that? Just stone cold. And this week we're talking about movies again, where we're going to be discussing Stone Cold. (laughs) Steve Austin. (laughs) 
Oh, God. Oh, I was never going to get through this sentence. Okay, right. <sighs> this week we're talking about movies again with Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my fault. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs>